How many of you have seen the movie Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade? Yeah? Okay, if you haven't seen that movie, especially the young ones, you gotta sing it. It, see it. It is a fantastic movie. Um, there's a scene towards the end. I'm not gonna tell you how the movie ends. I don't wanna spoil it for any of you. But there's a scene towards the end of the movie where Indiana Jones, um, is, uh, trying to find the Holy Grail. And the Holy Grail was the cup that Jesus used during the Last Supper, and there was this, you know, throughout the movie, he's been on this journey, this search to find its location because the Nazis are after it. The Nazis are always after everything, right? In Indiana Jones movies. And so he has to go through these three trials to get to this Holy Grail, to find it. And one of the trials, um, the movie goes, one of the trials is he, he walks out of this cave and he sees this long chasm. And, uh, and, and, and he's remembering what his father told him as a child and as he was going on this journey. And, and what he had written in his journals that, that, that said, only a leap from the lion's head can a man prove his worth. And he's standing at this chasm, and there's a lion's head right above him or right to the side of him, and there's one on the other side of this chasm. And he's looking at it, and he's like, there's absolutely no way that anybody can jump across this. Anybody remember? Remember this part of the movie? And it's crazy deep. You know, he can't see the bottom. It's black. It's dark. But he has this huge chasm that absolutely nobody can jump across, but he knows he has to cross it to get to the Holy Grail. So he's standing there, and, and you know you see sweat pouring down his face, and, and he keeps saying to himself, only a leap from the lion's head can a man prove his worth. And he starts figuring out, what does that mean? What does that mean? And he starts to remember all the things that he's had to go through, and, and he gets to a point where he just says, you know what? i got to go across. And so he, you see him just mustering up all of his strength and determination and willpower to, to step out into this blackness, into this nothingness. And, and he takes his foot, you know, and you see it kind of wavering like this, and, and he just leans forward and he takes that step and he finds solid ground. The camera pan, pans to the side and you see this bridge that's been painted to look like the bottom and he walks across. Anybody remember that? It's like an epic part of the movie, right? And you're just like, oh, Indy, you know that taking that step of faith, I mean, how many of us would have the guts or have the determination or have the, like, oh, I believe I can do this enough to, to step out into nothingness so that they can get where they want to go or where God may be calling them. Well, that's what we're talking about. We're starting a new series today called Faith Walk. And we're going to be looking at the life of Abram, or later to be called Abraham, and we're going to, we're going to be taking some pictures of, of his life and his faith and his journey with God and seeing what can we learn about this faith walk that Abraham went on that can pertain to us. And can I just tell you that wherever you are in your faith journey, if you're a brand new believer or if you're just checking out this thing called Christianity or if you've been a believer for years and you're on the other side, you know, years down the road of following Jesus, wherever you are in this journey, there's going to be some truths some lessons and some encouragement that you can receive from Abraham's story. It's going to be really good. If you'll just pull out your notes, we're going to read together Genesis chapter 12. And this is where Abram's, later be called Abraham's story, starts. It says, The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, 
and you'll be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. You might want to underline that because that's a key phrase we're going to come back to. Verse 4. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with them. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people he had taken into his household at Haran, and he headed for the land of Canaan. When they arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as Shechem. There he set up camp beside the oak of Morah. At that time, the area was inhabited by Canaanites. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord, who had appeared to him. After that, Abram traveled south and set up camp in the hill country, with Bethel to the west and Ai to the east. There he built another altar and dedicated it to the Lord, and he worshipped the Lord. Then Abram continued traveling south by stages towards Negev. I want to unpack this story a little bit today because there's some incredible lessons that teaches us about what's going to happen in our life if we decide to step out into this faith journey with God. Sometimes, when you have some things to say, sometimes it's, it's just best to kind of get the hard stuff off first, right? Anybody have that approach? Like, just rip the band-aid off. You know, if we're going to do the difficult, let's just get the difficult early. And that's what this first point is. I think this first point is the most difficult of everything I'm going to say to you today. If you're going to be like Abram, and you're going to step out into this faith journey and follow God in his faith, then you need to understand this. Is that how far we go with God will be largely determined by what we're willing to leave. By what we're willing to... How far we're willing to go into this faith journey with God is really highly determined on what we're willing to leave behind. Look back in Abram's story, right? Abram is, is in a place, um, and, and, and God has spoken to him that you're going to be going to the promised land, and, uh, and you're going to be arriving in this place, but, but to do that, to get to this promised land, to get to this blessing, to get to the stuff I have for you, there's going to be some stuff that you've got to leave behind. What did he have to leave behind in the story? Well, he had to leave behind his land, his father's household, that would be his, right? One day the father would pass it on to the son. And so he had this, this future, this security, this comfort, this, this land that belonged to him. All of those things that Abraham had, he was going to have to leave behind. And think about this. Put yourself in Abram's shoes. What had he have been thinking or feeling or what's going on in his head as he processes this? You know, he hears this voice or has this experience. And this experience tells him that, that to get what I have for you, you got to leave behind the security. you got to leave behind your father. you got to leave behind this household. you got to leave all of this behind to be able to get what I have for you. Here's the deal. Is that what was true for Abram is, is, is true for us. All of us in this faith journey, when we make a commitment to be a follower of Jesus, when we believe there is a God and we know He's real and we feel that nudging in our heart that, you know, that God is calling us to do or to say or to be somewhere, all of us have to take that step where we're willing to leave stuff behind. And what does that look like? 
The question is, is what are you holding on to? In my 15 years plus of being an associate pastor, I couldn't tell you how many times I've had either conversations with people in the church or, or students in my ministry or speaking at a camp and with a student there or, or a convention over a weekend. So many conversations where I'll, where I'll be ministering to somebody and we'll be talking about life and they're on the cusp of making that decision to be a follower of Jesus or, or to go where God's calling them to be or, or to let something go that they've been holding on to in their life. And you see that battle just raging inside of them where they want what God wants for them, but, but they're not sure if they can let go of the things that they need to to grab a hold of the future that God has. You, just, you can almost feel the tension and the battle waging inside them. It's, it's like they have a white-knuckled grip on their life. And God's just saying, I just need you to let go and trust me. Just let go of whatever it is, if it's letting go of this image. You know, so many guys, you know, in their teen years, they have this image that they want to portray and they live up to around their friends and, you know, around other people and at school. And, and they hear this call from God that I want more from you. And they're like, yeah, I, I kind of want to do believe in God. I want to be a follower of his, but I kind of have an image to uphold, right? I kind of have, I, I don't know what my friends will think if I start doing this church stuff or if I start, you know, changing my life or if I don't do the things that I used to do. They hold on to that stuff and they lose out on the blessing that God has for them in their future. Is this making sense? It's almost as if the approval of other people becomes more important than being right with God. And it's the image that's killing them that they're trying to hold on to. See, sometimes when we want to step out in this faith that God's calling us to, in this journey, whatever this thing is that he's speaking into his life, there's some things that we have to leave behind. You know, it's my story. It's my story. It's my journey in ministry, right? You know, when, when I decided I was going to be a follower of Jesus, and, you know, I, I had a very firm idea that, that if I was going to be a pastor in the church of God, that I was never going to live close to my family. It's just not going to happen. I'm going to talk a little bit this more a little bit later in the message. But, but I had to wrestle with that idea that, that my parents, you know, I'm not going to live within five minutes of my parents. You know, that God had something else for me, if it's in Missouri or Oklahoma or Arizona, that to be obedient to him and to join him in what he wants to do in my life, that I had to be willing to leave that behind. And it became even more real when I accepted the responsibility and my wife accepted the responsibility of partnering with me in life. And the fact is, is that she had never lived anywhere other than Oklahoma City, except when she was growing up with her folks. And that, that, that understanding that if we're going to partner together in life, that she's going to have to be willing to possibly leave behind that security of that home and those people and those relationships that she And I'm going to say for her, just like I say for myself, that's never easy to let go. It's never easy to let go. You see, that's, that's really our story. We know there's a God and we believe, but many of us haven't ever really plunged in to being a committed follower of his because we're, there's some stuff in our life that we're just not willing to let go of. 
For some of you today, taking that step of faith is going to be admitting that there are some things that have had control of your life. And it's time to let go. And it's time to follow God wherever he takes you. When Jesus was calling his disciples, he walked up to these guys who were out fishing. It was their father's business. And he's out there teaching. And he looks at, at, at James and John. He says, hey guys, um, it's time to put down your nets and come follow me. And every one of his disciples had to make that same decision. And so do we. Matthew 16.5 It says this, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life, for my sake, you will save it. So the question I have is, what do you have to leave to fully embrace what God's calling you to become? What do you have to let go of? Here's a second thought. Is that the only way to really get to know God is to trust God. The only way to really get to know God is to trust God. You see, up to this point in Abram's story, um, there's not a lot of background going on here. Genesis chapter 12 just kind of slaps it out there on the table, right? We don't have a lot of back history of Abram and his worship of God. We do know that he was living at the time in a very polytheistic area that believed in many gods. And, and Abram has this encounter, and, and the truth is, is we're not sure what that encounter really looked like. Was it an audible voice, you know, speaking to Abram and saying, this is what I want you to do? Did did he send an angel down and, and talk to Abram? Was it a vision? Was it a dream? Was it just a voice in his mind or in his heart, a nudging? We really don't know how it took place. But what we do know is that something happens inside of him where he's willing to leave everything behind to follow God, and to go on this journey. And here's the rub. Here's the crazy thing about it is, is that the only way for Abram to really get to know God in this person that he's following is to trust his voice and start following him. Right? I mean, it's just a voice. It's just a calling. It's just a nudging. And the only way for Abram to really get to know this God that's speaking to him is to step out and to actually follow him. In Hebrews, the writer's talking about Abram, Abraham. Pull out your notes, and this is what it says. And it says, it is impossible to please God without what? Faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed. When God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance, he went without knowing where he was going. And I would probably add this or who he was even walking with. He didn't really have a whole lot of understanding of God. He just knew that this, this God was calling him to be and to do something greater. For us, we kind of want it to go the other way around, right? We want God to reveal himself to us before we walk with him. And God wants us to walk with him before he reveals himself to us. In 1893, this guy by the name of George Ferris invented this contraption. Um, anybody have an idea 
It was something that people could have fun on. Anybody have any suggestions? A Ferris wheel. That's right. 1893 is a picture. Can you throw it up? George Ferris built this in 1893. And there was a huge crowd of people that came out and checked it out. I mean, it was massive. And he looked at this massive crowd of people and he says, okay, who wants to have fun? And they lined up the first car and they asked people to pay to get on and no one would jump on the Ferris wheel. They just wouldn't do it. They're like, no. Uh, I mean, roller coasters today are pretty crazy, right? I mean, if you would have taken this group of people and put them in our today world and said, hey, get on this roller coaster. I loved roller coasters as a kid. But this body, there's no, there's no amount of money you could pay me to get on roller coasters nowadays. I just don't know what's going to do to my head. Just jumble me all up inside. It's just not happening. I'll be puking out the side left and right. It is not for me, right? But this looks pretty tame. It's just a Ferris wheel. And I can't think that in 1893 it would go very quickly. But when he lined up everybody and said, who wants to get on? No one would do it. No one was going to pay to get on this thing until George Ferris walked up and he said, okay, if no one wants to get on, I'll get on. And so he got on with his wife and a reporter and they took one revolution around the Ferris wheel to show that it was safe and it was fun and everybody started piling on. And it's been a staple of fairs and, you know, cities ever since, Right? Not much different with us. See, those people weren't getting on until they saw someone else and knew it was safe. It was like that, no, you go first, right? No, you ever get in that argument with somebody, you're trying to do something. Yeah, but you go first. You go first and I'll do it. No, I'm not going first. You go first and I'll do it. I'm not going first. You ever had that conversation with somebody, right? Well, that's what's going on here. But that doesn't work with God. It doesn't work with God. You see, we feel the urge to follow God and to obey Him and to go on this journey. And, and God says, and we say, okay, God, show me the path. Show me how to do this. Show me what, what is it going to look like next year or next month or how is this all going to work out? And God just says, look, I'm not showing you next year and I'm not showing you next month. I'm just showing you what I need from you today. Take a step of faith. Some of us have been holding back in our relationship with God because we can't see that next step. And we don't know what he has down that path for us. And I'm just saying today, maybe some of us just need to be willing to take that step of faith. See, God told Abram to go to the land I will show you. Go to the land I will show you. It's not now. I'm not drawing a map for you. I'm not laying this all out but I'll show you when you get there. It's on the journey. The journey with God, we have to trust His character. We have to trust in who He is. Put in your notes, we say, show me and I'll trust you. And God says, trust me. And I'll show you. Take that step of faith. Here's a third thought. If you want to step out in your faith with God, realize that God isn't calling us to just a step of faith. He's calling us to a journey of faith. It's not just a step of faith. It's a journey of faith. First Chronicles 16.11 says this. It says, search for the Lord and for his strength. Continually, say that with me, continually seek him. 
Matthew 7, 7, Jesus has just told the parables to, to his disciples and the people around him, and he says this. He says, keep on asking, and you'll receive what you ask. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. What is Jesus saying here? Is that, that sometimes it's not just a one-time knock. It's just not a one-time seek. It's just not a one-time ask. It's just not a one-time you know, revelation. He's saying you've got to keep on it. You gotta keep on knocking on that door for God. You gotta keep on seeking his face and he'll show you. You gotta keep on asking and God will give it to you. It's not just a single step of faith. Look at Abram's story. Flip your page back over. Look at this. Look in verse five. It says, He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people he'd taken to the household of Haran, and he headed for the land of what? Cana. When they arrived in Cana, look what happens next. Abram traveled through the land as far as Shechem. All right, skip on down to verse 8. And after that, Abram traveled south and set up a camp in the hill country. Go to verse 9. It says, Then Abram continued traveling south by stages toward the Negev. What do you see in this story? You see Abram following God and God just saying, Okay, go to this place. And he goes and he gets there and God says, Okay, well, I got another journey for you. You got to go here. You got to continue. This is not, we're not just settling anywhere, but this is a lifelong journey of faith. Early on, God was asking Abram, I just need you to take one step of faith at a time. Take one step, one travel, one journey. And you know what? I'll have another for you after that. For those of us that are just now starting our faith journey with God, can I just tell you, that this won't be the last step of faith you take. It just doesn't go. We just don't get one step of faith. Okay, God, I'm trusting you. I'm taking this step of faith. And God says, all right, you're comfortable. You're right. This is it. I got you where you're going. Does it work that way, folks? No. God says, okay, thank you for that step of faith. I've got another for you. And I've got another for you. It's a journey. It's a journey of faith. When I look back on my personal journey with God, it started, I grew up in the church. I like to say I was a Christian by birth, right? It was like my parents just figured out if I was going to be that bad as a kid, that I just need to always stay in church. And so I was there every Sunday, every Wednesday. I was, and sometimes my parents would just drop me off and say, look, you need this. We gone, you know, I was just there. And as I grew up in junior high, that's when I really started sensing this call in my life that God had something for me in the realm of ministry. And so, so I surrendered my life to God in junior high and said, okay, God, whatever you have for me, this ministry stuff, I'm willing to do it. And then God started revealing to me some of the behaviors and some of the things that I was doing at school and that was a part of my life. And he's just saying, if you're going to do that, that you, that, you can't do that. And surrender your life to me. And so I had to start letting stuff go and started trusting him. I remember in high school when I had that come to Jesus moment where God just said, what are you going to be more worried about, Jared? Your reputation around your friends and your football buddies? Or are you going to be more worried about my reputation and who you say that I am and the type of example you're living? And it was a, it was a heavy moment for me. You know, in high school when I, a bunch of my high school buddies wanted to go into the wanted to go into the film room and, and watch some pornography during school hours. And they said, Hey Jared, we're going in here. The whole team's going. You're coming too. 
Um, I said, no, <laughs> that's not a part of me. No, I think I'm just going to stay right out here. And me and two of my other buddies, there was three of us, sat by our lockers and just hung out and talked about life because we weren't going to allow that stuff to be a part of our hearts and minds. And I remember the junk that I caught from those guys. And I just said, hey, that's not a part of me. My reputation and who I am to you, I could care less about. But to God and who he thinks about me. And so it's just been a constant journey for me of these steps of faith. When I got into ministry, I shared this earlier, I knew that if I was going to follow God in the journey, that I wasn't going to live close to my family. And so I moved to Missouri and started working in a church in the Church of God movement. And, and it was hard. It was hard and difficult to only see the people that I cared most about only two or three times a year. But to follow God, that was a step of journey that I had to take to be obedient to Him. And then when I, when I left there and I moved to Phoenix, my parents said, you just went from an eight-hour drive to a 16-hour drive. What is wrong with you, son? Right, have you lost it? And I said, well, I feel like that's where God's calling me to. And so I was here in, the, in, in Phoenix pastoring in a church on the north side of town for three years. And, and, and I ended up losing that job. And I moved to Oklahoma City. And my parents were like, yes, now you went from eight to 16 to three. This is beautiful. This is perfect. And I got to minister there for seven plus years. And then God just said, hey, remember that hot city back west? I think it's time for you to go back and to lead this church. And my mom and dad were just like, have you lost your ever-loving mind? I was married. We wanted to have grand, you know, kids and their grandkids. And they're just like, well, what are you doing? You don't get to move this family that far away. And I just said, well, to follow the Lord, we do. And we're going. And you can always get on a two-and-a-half-hour plane flight. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. But it was hard. It was that step of faith. And if you're new in your faith with God, or if you've been following Him for 20 plus years, I'm sure there's many testimonies around the room where you can say God has called you to a step of faith and He will continue to do so. It's a journey. And if it's a part of Him refining who we are, or Him asking us to change careers, or Him asking us to move, to be obedient to him, if he's asking us to stay and, and to dig in deep and to, and to be more, whatever it is, every one of those things are a step and a journey of faith. Abram, man, that poor guy, he was like on the road for, for years following God until he found that promised land that God had for him. Here's one last thought for you this morning. Is it our faith walk? is never just about us. It's never just about us. Hear my heart with this. When I challenge you to your walk with God, you have to understand that this isn't just about you and God. It's about you and God and every other person in your life that he wants to bless through you. Every single person. Remember what God said to Abram? He said, I have this journey I want to go for you. I have this promise. And this promise, it's going to bless you. And it's going to bless your kids from generations to come. But you're going to have to leave your, your, your family. And you're going to have to go to this country, this other place, this travel. You're going to have to go on this journey. But if you do that, I will make your name great. 
I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And then he says, and the whole world is going to be blessed through you. And if you track through Genesis chapter 12 and you go through the book of Exodus, you'll see names like like Isaac and, and Jacob and Joseph and Moses. And they're all these patriarchs of our faith, of, of this God journey. And, 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 and what you have to understand is all of those men's journey wouldn't have happened if Abram hadn't gone on his journey with God. Do you hear that? Do you understand that? That all of these other men that became patriarchs of our faith of who God is and what it looks like to journey with him, to live lives of faith, none of those things would have happened if Abram didn't step out and follow God. None of them would have become who God had called them to be if Abram didn't take that step of faith. You see, when you feel that nudge of God in your heart and in your life and your you're on the precipice of, of following him and being obedient to him, what you have to understand is that your obedience directly influences the lives of the people around you. I can confidently say that because I can look at my past and I can see those faith journeys of other people that have led me to become the person that I am today. And I'm sure you have those names also in your life and in your heart. Some of us aren't sitting here today if it wasn't for people in our past that had helped us and that led us to this point. There are people in your life today that need you to say yes to God so that they can be drawn closer to God themselves. They need you. They need you to be obedient to the call He's calling in your journey so that they can hear and experience the calling that He has for them in their journey. Does this make sense? And so this morning, I just want to ask you, are you ready and are you willing to step out and follow God? It's really simple. If you've never taken that initial step of faith, if you've never taken that step of faith and, and surrendered your life to Christ, the scripture is really clear. He says, if you can sins, he's faithful and just to forgive your sins and purify you from all unrighteousness. And some of you in the room today have never taken that step before. You've never surrendered. And there's lots of reasons why you haven't. There's fear. There's comfort. There's, there's what will other people think. There are things in your past and stuff that you have to let go of. There's addictions or whatever that's holding you back. And maybe this morning is just that moment where you say, God, I'm willing to leave those things behind. And I want to, for the very first time, I want to take that step of faith and follow you wherever you want me to go. For some of you, you may be on that faith journey. You may be 10 or 15 years down the road, and there's been little things in your life that God's asked you to let go of, and you've been holding on to. But maybe this morning is, is your chance to let go of those things. You say, God, I want you to be first place in my life, whatever that looks like. I know I've been holding on to this stuff, this my finances or I've been holding on to a relationship. I've been holding on to, to whatever. And it's time for me to just set those things aside and to put you first place in my life. 